Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. Oh, and by the way, as you listen to this episode from the audiobook The Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud, keep in mind you can download your very own copy of it by visiting www.audible.com. And you can find the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven on Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. On today's episode, we'll bring you Chapter 3 of The Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud. And each week, we'll take a visit to Jenny's Corner, where we'll get to hear from Jenny Cody herself, the creator of the Epic Order of the Seven. Jenny will give us the inside scoop on all her stories, her inspiration, how she comes up with these great ideas, and much more. And she'll read letters from her loyal listeners, maybe even yours. Well, let's get started, shall we? Here's Max and Liz. Well, thank you, Mr. Announcer Lad. Greetings all. Max here with me co-host uh, Liz, but she's just, uh, uh, hang on, she's just kind of staring off. Uh, uh, Liz? Uh, hello? Oh, Max, sorry. What are you doing just staring off then? I'm just practicing being wise. After all, my name is Lisette Briand. And you truly are brilliant. Oh. You're, you're a smart kitty, lass. But how do you practice being wise? I'm memorizing great words of wisdom, like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Uh, Liz, hmm? are you feeling a wee bit daft today? What? Uh, first, you don't even have hands. You're a cat. Oh. And you've got claws, then. And second, if I were a bird, mm-hmm. the last place I'd want to be is in your claws. Oh, I know you are right. Well, why all this talk about being wise? I just want to be more like your friend Gilliman. Ah, oh, no. You just be Liz. Hmm? You're the smartest kitty I've ever known. Oh, merci, Max. And there's only one Gilliman. He's a mountain goat. And, well, let's just say he were there for me... When I needed someone to be there for me. Like in our last episode, after you heard the wind calling you to come and follow the fire cloud. Aye, I heard the wind, but I surely didn't know what it meant. So I had to ask the wisest fella I knew, Gilliman. And that is where we pick our story up today. Chapter 3 of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud. And we go back to the glen with Max and his wise friend, Gilliman. <laughs> See what a smart kitty she is? Aww. Chapter 3 Gilliman From up here, the view was amazing. To the east, he could see the green valley stretching over rolling hills down to the lock and on to the forest. To the west, Max could see the deep blue ocean crashing into jagged cliffs far beneath him, He gulped slightly and stepped back from the edge a bit. Max breathed in the salty air and felt his body relax as the sea tonic cleared his confused mind. Somehow, up here, where he could see everything, Max didn't feel so small and uncertain. He liked feeling this way. He liked it up here. Aye, seems things are clearer up here when I can see the whole glen on the sea. Maybe I just had a daydream down by the lock. Uh, Still, the windpipes hum in me head. 
Max thought to himself. He sat down a moment to catch his breath, gazing out to sea. Good morning, Max, came a deep voice from behind. Max grinned and turned around to see his old friend Gilliman standing majestically on a boulder. Gilliman was rather tall for a mountain goat. His long white hair blew in the wind, making him appear even larger. His slightly curved brown horns and double-bearded goatee gave him a distinguished appearance. Quite the elegant animal, he was a giant in Max's eyes for more reasons than others could appreciate. Gilliman had come to Scotland years ago, choosing the rugged northern land as his home. He had a wealth of wisdom accumulated from his travels abroad, and Max was ever eager to learn from him. Gilliman had kind eyes and a gentle, strong voice. Max always felt safe in his presence. Gilliman, I will come in to see ya, said Max as he jumped up to greet his friend. Well, and so you have, said Gilliman. What brings you to the heights this sunny day? Max started pacing back and forth in front of Gilliman as he revealed what had happened. Ah, Gilliman, me wise friend, today has been filled with oddities like I've never seen. The mist were extra heavy early this morn, but then burned off to a bright sunny day. Then, as I got to the lock, as I do each morn, a mysterious wind were blowing. The reeds on the bank were blowing so hard they almost touched the water. Not only that, they were humming and making this strangely beautiful music. That is odd indeed, Gilliman replied. That's not the full of it yet. The reeds then actually talked to me, Gilliman. Gilliman raised one eyebrow in curiosity as Max stopped pacing. And as if hearing the words for the first time himself, Max slowly exclaimed, The reeds said, Come to me. Come to me? asked Gilliman, his interest growing. Aye, aye, come, come, come to me, Max eagerly replied, once again pacing quickly, his voice fast and thick with his Scottish brogue. I thought I were going mad, like some creatures were teasing me in the rushes, but not a one were there. I see. Go on, Max, encouraged Gilliman. I asked the voice who it were and where it wanted me to come. What did it say? asked Gilliman. This gets even stranger, my friend. The voice said to follow the fire cloud, Max replied, looking for some sign of understanding from his wise mentor. Hmm, the fire cloud, you say? Aye, fire cloud. I see said Gilliman calmly as he walked over to the cliff. What do you see, Gilliman? All I see is clear blue skies, not a cloud in sight. And Gilliman, what exactly is a fire cloud? asked Max, his brown eyes pleading for an answer. Gilliman didn't reply immediately, as was his habit. He looked out to sea, closed his eyes, and took a deep breath. Max was used to Gilliman's thinking ways, he learned long ago not to interfere, but to give Gilliman time, he would respond. Max lay down, putting his feet behind him, back paws facing the sky, chin resting on his front paws. The cool grass felt good. 
Max didn't realize how heavily he was breathing. He needed to calm down from the morning's excitement. He had learned to do this by watching Gilliman over the years. Whenever Max came running into Gilliman's presence, flustered and talking with his Scottish brogue thick as this morning's mist, Gilliman made him stop and collect his thoughts before he spoke another word. A pair of seagulls flew overhead, crying out their hellos to Max and Gilliman. Gilliman remained still, eyes closed, thinking. Max rolled over on his back to wave hello to the gulls. They said something, but Max couldn't quite make it out as they disappeared into the distance. After a while, Gilliman finally spoke. Max, lad, this is quite the puzzle. Never in all my years, or in all my travels, have I heard of such a strange spectacle. But there is always a reason for things. There is always a purpose behind everything, even when there is not an explanation. We must begin by not explaining what happened, but by trying to find the purpose behind it. He listened with rapt attention as Gilliman continued. Max's pointy ears were up, and his eyes were solidly fixed on the old mountain goat. It appears that the natural order of things was altered today. I was considering the things I saw early today as you were describing the events in the glen. From where you were in the forest, you could not see the red sky on the horizon over the ocean. The sun rose like a red ball of fire, and a mighty wind blew so hard that even I, sure-footed as I am, had to brace myself. I watched as the wind blew past me and cut a path through the tall grass down to the loch. It was as if the wind were traveling on a path to an intended spot, Gilliman said. He paused before driving home his most important observation. Or to an intended creature. Max sat up and cocked his head to one side. You mean that you felt this mysterious wind too, and it came from the red sun across the sea down to me? It appears so, my young friend, said Gilliman. And this would lead me to think that you were the intended one the wind was after, since it, indeed, spoke to you. But what does it mean, Gilliman? questioned Max. Gilliman looked at Max, thinking how special his small friend had become to him in his old age. Max had faith in Gilliman's explanations, trusting him for answers to the many questions he had. Gilliman knew that this mysterious wind was bigger than the sea below them. He knew he needed divine wisdom to give the guidance Max needed. Gilliman spoke with affirmation and confidence. I do not know where you are being called to go, but I do know that wherever it is must be significant. The voice gave you two guiding words. It said, Come, and it told you how to get there by following the fire cloud. If this voice truly is one of authority, it will do as it said. The fire cloud will come, 
Max, you have been chosen. I believe you are being called because of your character. The voice knows you're brave and trustworthy, and that your heart is good. The voice has something important for you to do. But how do you know this, Gilliman? pleaded Max. And how could I ever leave the glen? What if I leave and harm comes here? Who'll watch over you and the creatures? And how could I ever make it without you to guide me, Gilliman? Sometimes a question grows into more questions, rather than a single answer. Tis the way of life, Max. If there is a purpose for you beyond what you know, the all-powerful one, the Maker, always has a way of making it known. He will give you a revelation and show you what to do. You may not understand it, you may fight it, you may be afraid of it, but if it comes from the Maker, you can always trust it. Gilliman paused and leaned in close to look Max right in the eye. The true question is, will you follow it, Max? Max looked back at Gilliman, then shifted his gaze down to the ground. This is too uncertain, Gilliman. I, I, I trust the Maker. But what if, you know, it happens and I need you? How could I make it alone? Max, I have long guided you whenever your secret fears made you cower. I was glad to be the one to help you on that hard night long ago and other times since then. But here is what you must know. You have always run to me, but it is the Maker who holds the true answers. He allowed me to help you with your weakness until the time came for you to lean on him alone, said Gilliman. Gilliman paused and then continued. Although he made all of creation perfect, Something happened, and it became marred. Now, not one creature is perfect. Every creature has some weakness that can make it think it doesn't need the Maker. Ah, but that is a sad way to live. Dependence on the Maker, who made everything and knows everything, is the best way. The secrets and questions of life are his alone to reveal, and in his own time. Are ye saying then that it were the Maker who called to me? Max softly questioned. Yes, Max, that is what I believe, answered Gilliman. And if he is calling you, you have got to trust that he will guide you exactly as he said. I, I see what you're saying to me. I just don't understand why and how and when and where, said Max, turning his gaze up to the skies. I have never left the Glen, Gilliman. I do not know what's out there. I, but ye do. You've been over many lands and seen many things. Yes, 
I have traveled far and wide, and there is much to see beyond the borders of the glen. Many things I know you will be excited to see, Max. You are a creature who lives for adventure and challenge, and that is what you will have. But in order to embrace the adventure, it has to begin with that first step out of the glen. I, I do love a challenge, tis true, said Max with a grin. Do you think I'll see one of those, uh, what do you call them, bodies? Hmm, very possible, Max. What troubled creatures these humans are, Gilliman replied, a wrinkle in his brow. My grandfather once told me the story of how the Maker created them, to live in paradise, in a beautiful garden, without a care in the world. They lived in harmony with the Maker and all of creation. Uh, sounds heavenly. Uh, what happened? questioned Max. The humans became greedy for knowledge and power, and the evil one tricked them into believing that they could be as great as the Maker. Of course, the Maker knew all about it, and banished them from the garden. And that was when creation first knew sadness. What was perfect became broken. Gilliman shook his head. Ah, what a terrible thing, Max said. Why in the world would you mess up such a good thing with a Maker? I just do not understand it. The Maker gave his creation a choice. He loved them enough to allow them to choose between loving and obeying him and having their own way. He created humans to love them, but he wanted them to love him with their hearts of free will, not because they could feel no other way. So the humans chose poorly. But the story gets even worse, continued Gilliman. Max's eyes widened. Worse? Oh, what happened next? The Maker told the humans to leave the garden and never return to it. They would now have to work hard to get their food, and they would know pain. And the humans have been sad ever since. They ruined their chance with the Maker because of the choice they made. The Maker still loves them, but the humans' actions have consequences. And they have been a troubled race ever since. They hurt one another, kill one another, steal from one another. Oh, it's a terrible thing, Gilliman explained sadly. Sounds like they need help, if you ask me, replied Max. Yes, Max, they do. And I'm sure they could have it, if only they ask the Maker. But they continue to do things their own way, not the Maker's way. If you ever see humans, be kind to them, for it's their lost, broken hearts that make them act so badly, Gilliman explained. Know this secret. 
Humans do respond to love over time. And with your large heart, I'm sure you could bring them joy. A word of caution, Gilliman continued, but with a serious tone. The evil one who started the trouble in the garden remains, causing problems for humans and for all of creation. Always be on your guard when you're around humans. Wherever there are humans, you can be sure that the evil one will be near as well. And he is a deceiver, Max. If he so easily deceived them, you can be sure he can easily deceive animals as well. I, I will, I will, and I'll be brave enough, said Max with head held high. Gilliman coughed a deep, wet cough, startling Max. Gilliman, are you all right? You have been coughing harder lately. It worries me greatly. Gilliman smiled and said, I have lived many years now. I am tired. I am old and sick. It is the natural way of things. The Maker has blessed me with many years and with many friends, especially you, Max. An old goat could not want more. But, Gilliman... How could the Maker ask me to leave you if you're sick? pleaded Max. Only the Maker knows, Max. He will bring me to meet him when the time is right, and take care of me until that time. I am not afraid. If he is calling you away from me and from the Glen, I know that it is time for you to go. I will miss you, lad. But I get a thrill in my heart when I think of the adventure that lies ahead of you, Gilliman said, a twinkle in his wise old eyes. Max lowered his head, his heart heavy at all that Gilliman was saying. I don't like it, but I have to trust what you be telling me. Suddenly, Max lifted his head, his ears perked up with hope. He had an idea. Uh, Gilliman, you could go with me. Gilliman struggled to lower himself to the rocks. He needed to rest. He turned his gentle gaze to Max. <laughs> you will not be alone, my friend. Take one of the reeds with you. It will remind you of the voice. But I do not know how I can do this, Gilliman. Max objected. Gilliman closed his eyes for a moment and said, Remember my words, Max. Remember what I have taught you. Gilliman, please come with me, Max pleaded. The old mountain goat opened his eyes and looked lovingly at his uncertain little friend. The reeds did not call me. Max stayed with Gilliman as he rested, not wanting to leave his side all day. Later in the evening, as the sun was setting, they sat together on the cliff overlooking the sea outside Gilliman's cave. 
The two rested next to a boulder that still radiated warmth from the sun's rays. Ribbons of red, yellow, and orange streaked the sky as the sun dipped below the horizon, turning the sea into a mirror of the sky. They drifted off to sleep as the soft sea breeze lulled them into slumber. Max, wake up, whispered Gilliman. Max was in a deep sleep, dreaming of trotting long distances in strange lands as he faintly heard a voice calling him. Slowly, he realized it was Gilliman. Max, wake up. It's time, said Gilliman softly, reverently. Max opened his eyes to see the warm gray eyes of his friend, looking knowingly back at him. Then he noticed that Gilliman had the most beautiful colors washing over his long white hair. Max blinked hard as he looked at Gilliman, wondering if he was dreaming. Gilliman paused, looked toward the horizon, and then said, It's here, Max. The fire cloud is in the southern sky. Max looked to where Gilliman directed his gaze, and there in the sky was the most unusual, beautiful cloud he had ever seen. In between two billowy rows of white clouds was a single cloud of red, yellow, and orange flames bursting from the center. Max and Gilliman sat there in silence, watching this amazing spectacle surely never seen before in all of Scotland. Gilliman finally spoke. I've been watching it for an hour. It has moved slightly to the southeast. It waits now for you, Max. Max looked at Gilliman, his heart sinking with what Gilliman was saying. He was telling Max it was time for him to go. It was time for him to leave the Glen and all that was familiar to him. It was time to trust the Maker and not himself. And it was time to tell Gilliman goodbye. Max turned to Gilliman with eyes full of sadness. Gilliman, I don't want to go, but I know I must. Will I ever see you again? Gilliman returned Max's anguished plea with the calm, comforting voice that Max had come to love and trust. If we do not see each other again, it is well enough that we have seen each other before now. You're in my heart, but you're also in the Maker's hands and there is no better place to be. Max had to know something before he left to follow the fire cloud out of the glen. Uh, Gilliman, since I won't be able to ask you for advice no longer, can you tell me what you do when you close your eyes and think? said Max. Why, I talk to the maker, Max. <laughs> That's all. It will serve you well to do the same. Max grinned back. I thought as much. You're wise for a reason, my friend. With that, Max and Gilliman put their heads together for a last embrace. Farewell, Maximilian Braveheart the Bruce. You will go far. Know that you are loved and that you are able. Goodbye, Gilliman. I can't ever thank you enough for all you meant to me. I will make you proud, I promise. 
Max looked around the glen below one last time. The wind began to pick up and blow hard. He smiled and said, Ah, well enough, here I come. As Max trotted down the valley and onto the border of the glen, Gilliman stood with eyes brimming, but with a heart full of pride for his friend, wondering at the coming adventure that awaited him. He watched Max until he could no longer see the little black speck on the hillside. He smiled to himself and closed his tired eyes, thanking the Maker for his friend and praying for his protection on the journey. Ah, oh, Maximilian Braveheart the Bruce, what a strong name you have, mon ami. Aye, and not always easy to live up to. Hmm, sort of like Briand. <laughs> but I suppose the Maker would not give us these names if they were not true. So he has made you brave. Aye, and he made you a uh, Briand. Uh, bri How do you say it then? Briand. Aye, uh, like that. And of course, today, we also met a wise old goat with an interesting name, eh? We, oui, Gilliman, and I would love to know more about him. Well, that's why we bring in the creative lass what come up with him. Aye, it's time for Jenny's Corner. So, uh, Miss Jenny, tell us more about our friend Gilliman. Oh, don't you love Gilliman? Hey, everybody, Jenny here. I love this character. He is very dear to me, and I'll explain why in a little bit. When I was looking for some creature to take care of Max and teach him, you know, the ways of the maker and how to make wise decisions, I was brainstorming about animals, and I needed something that would look like a wise, older gentleman. And, you know, you think like a flowing white beard and gray-headed and, you know, just a wise old sage. And as I was looking at various creatures, the mountain goat just jumped off the page. And I'm like, wow, because that would be perfect. But then I needed a name. And I'm going to tell you right now, this name literally dropped out of the sky from heaven to me because I had never heard this name before. It just popped into my head, and as soon as I heard Gilliman, I went and I searched online, and I did not get one single hit. So I honestly think that God gave me that name. The maker said, his name shall be Gilliman, and it was. But all of my characters, I usually pattern them after people that I know. So you probably wouldn't be too surprised if I told you that Gilliman is patterned after my father. His name is Dr. Paul Mims. He's a pastor. He's the most wise, kind, guileless person I have ever known. Now, the most beloved phrase in all of my books, of course, is attributed to Gilliman. Know that you're loved and you're able. I hope you've enjoyed the chapter on Gilliman. He came over to Scotland, and that's where he met Max. And as you'll see more as the story unfolds, how they developed such a special relationship and why. And we'll just save that for later. <laughs> oh, Max, you are so devious. But you're right, it's time to leave. So let's turn things over to Monsieur Announcer Guy. It's Denny, and thank you, Liz. And that is all the time we have today. Join us next time as Max begins the first leg of his journey as he follows the fire cloud, and we'll meet our first human beings. In fact, they were some of the first human beings ever. 
All that's next time on The Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. Jenny? I'd like to hear from you on what you would like to know this week. Send me a line, Jenny, at epicorderofthe7.com. I would love to read your notes and your questions and to put that on the next podcast. So do me a favor and do that. Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. Have a grande! Au revoir, mes amis!